we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shares more stories hey everybody welcome to s'more stories my name is colby and i am joined by a man who wears many hats literally he is wearing a hat currently <laughs> actually but just, just one today just one currently but many metaphorical hats um my my good friend before i get into the introduction i will yeah. hello hudson hi hudson phillips to be exact that's right. Um, so you can stalk him. Uh, and Hudson is not only a good friend of mine, first and foremost, the biggest and best hat that you wear, good friend of Colby. Um, you are also... It's on my business card. <laughs> it's a resume builder for sure. Yeah. Um, you are, uh, of course, a writer. You are a screenwriter. You are a graphic designer. You are a film producer. Uh, am, what else am I missing? What else What else have you done that um, I that covers don't covers a lot about? of things. I dabble in the kind of marketing world, doing copywriting and stuff too. But um, I mean, like when you go through that long list, it sounds like I just can't make up my mind about what I want to do. But to me, all of that stuff is uh, storytelling. And so uh, everything I've done since the age of probably 13 has been storytelling related. So played in a band for a while and that was all about writing songs. It wasn't really about learning an instrument and um, doing movies is about telling stories. Working in graphic design and marketing is about telling stories. <clears throat> so I kind of always have looked at myself as, as just a storyteller. I would say uh, you're on the right podcast. Yeah. Then, because I, all I want to do is talk about stories. <laughs> it's a good and that's, fit. that's what I'm realizing now as I'm getting older is that all I ever want to do is talk about stories. And so we, we've been good friends for a while now. And so you, you've always been somebody like one of my writer friends who I don't have that many of. And so I've always been able to like send you stuff, bounce ideas off of you. And so I've been very much looking forward to having you on this podcast. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. I love that. Love the concept of this. I think it's so uh, cool and um, we're going to have fun. I, I think so. And, and we won't reveal what the topic is just yet. But just know that I am very excited to reveal it. Yeah. <laughs> excited for you as the listener to know uh, what Hudson picked and what we both <laughs> wrote stories about. Um, yeah. It's it's a it's a good one. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, much. real quick because you mentioned um, googling my name. If you do Google Hudson Phillips, unfortunately, I set up like a uh, Google notification, so every time my name comes up, I get notified of it. Uh, and Hudson Phillips is a funeral home, oh, so no. I just get a notification every time someone dies. <laughs> Which is not the ego boost I was looking for. Uh, that's uh, that's super unfortunate, man. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's also a uh, real estate agent in, in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, uh, who sells like million dollar homes. So I occasionally get those too. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad mix up. Yeah. Better than yeah. dying. Except that in that case, it's like, oh, hey, here's another person more successful than me. <laughs> oh, no. That's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about successful storytelling yeah and and one of the things that i, I think I, I really want to kind of dive into and, and something that i want to dive into with every single guest that comes on to is kind of your your background in storytelling and, mm -hmm. and writing you mentioned when you were 13 that was kind of your uh, the age where you where you really discovered storytelling and writing what what happened was there an event or was this kind of a, a gradual thing 
Yeah, I mean, it's not to uh, be too much of a downer, but my my father uh, passed away at a young age. I was eight years old, um, nine, somewhere in there. And so my uh, my family have a brother and a, a mom left. And so we kind of just all went into our own worlds. And so my world was <clears throat> TV, movies, comic books. It was it was stories. Um, and I think a lot of those, uh, stories kind of saved me at the time and gave me some, a, not just a distraction, but a way to deal with some of those emotions that I didn't know how to deal with. And so it became a very important part of my life. Um, starting with the escapism stuff, you know, watching, you know, 89 Batman on, on VHS and repeat nonstop. Um, and then discovering stuff like, um, I'm, I'm really aging myself here but I'm 44. So, um, Zero just, just own it, just own it. Yeah, of course. Um, so stuff like, um, dead poet society or like pump up the volume, like these movies, there was like, Oh wait, movies can be and storytelling can be something more than just escapism. It can be like a way to say something. Um, and so I kind of, uh, fell into that world. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, well, I mean, that was middle school. So middle school was also when I started writing short stories and stuff. And it was the thing in, you know, seventh grade, Mrs. Love's English class. And uh, she'd be like, Hey, write a one page story. And I turned it into 10 pages. Right. I just was loved it. Shout out Mrs. Love. Yeah. What's up, Miss Love? Um, and then, um, that was, I hope she's still alive. <laughs> she's a listener. Don't worry. She's a regular. <laughs> Um, and then, um, so I would just go above and beyond. It's the only class I've ever done that before. And like, I wasn't a bad student. I just didn't care about anything else. Um, and then I'd go home and I'd, you know, every Wednesday pick up comics. And then throughout the week I would draw my own, make my own little like mini comics and stuff. Um, and just fell in love with storytelling. And then that transferred to music in high school. Cause that's cooler. You can get <laughs> chicks, but none girls aren't into comics. At least they weren't at the time. Now they very much are. So caveat. Times that. have changed. They have, they have. Um, and maybe, you know, it was just my small world. It was pre pre internet too. We, that's really aging myself. Um, anyways, so yeah, so played music for a little while and then rediscovered, um, movies in my mid twenties, started writing screenplays and then kind of followed that through to today where I'm writing movies, making movies and, um, still writing, uh, short stories for my buddy Colby. Yeah. Which I'm incredibly appreciative of. Uh, we, we, we do need to mention, this is not the first time we've done something like this. We, uh, a few years ago, I, I had a, a little project that I was doing with, with one of my brothers, uh, Colin, that was very similar to what S'more Stories is, where we would, uh, me and my brother would both take a single topic and write a story together about it. And eventually, I started branching out and asking other friends to do it with me. Uh, and yeah, I recorded those things. And no, you're not going to hear them. <laughs> it, unless, I don't know, unless you, you pay me for them. If yeah. you, hey, if you pay me some money, I'll, I'll let you listen to them. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Patreon. Patreon. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Hudson's my marketing genius <laughs> as well. But uh, we did a story together uh, a few years back. And yeah. uh, not together. We wrote separate stories based same on the same prompt, topic. Yep. But um, this was a, a story. Remind me what the topic was. Spilt milk. Spilled milk, which is a fantastic topic. Yeah. Just really weird, really unique. A lot of possibilities, right? And the story that you wrote was so good that you submitted it. <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, you know, I hadn't done a lot of short stories, not in probably like 20 years. And so when you asked me to do that, it really brought me out of that um, kind of hiatus of, of writing prose. And um, I'd tell you, sitting down to do that was such a nightmare because I'd been writing screenplays for so long and the formatting so different and the voice is so different. And um, it's so, you know, strenuous and 
So it really challenged me, but I enjoyed the process so much and enjoyed the end product so much that I was like, Hey, let's put, let's see if I can put this out into the world. So I just looked up some like magazines and um, publications and it got rejected by everybody. Um, except for a, a magazine um, that I believe is published out of Atlanta where we are um, called infinite worlds, uh, a sci-fi magazine. And um, they picked it up and they ran it. I don't think I realized they were based in Atlanta. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the dude that runs is out, uh, is out of Atlanta. That is so cool. Um, and yeah, he it, might have moved, but at one point he was in Atlanta. The uh, Infinite Worlds, super cool sci-fi magazine. Yep. Um, the story you wrote, a sci-fi story. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I had no expectation of getting published with that, um, but it was kind of just a cool little extra thing. And, and I think what's really exciting about that is not only I'm super excited for you to be able to like have a cool story and a cool magazine get published, and but I think that that just shows that if you write something even super short, you can submit that, you can get that noticed. And so I think with s'more stories, hopefully that encourages people to not only like want to come on the podcast because I want everybody kind of every, every kind of person to be on this podcast, whether yeah. they're writers, not writers, or otherwise, but to know that if you write something. You can do whatever you want with it. Like if you write us more stories with me, submit it, get yeah. it published, submit it everywhere. You know, the worst thing they can do is say no. It's a really fun um, model for a podcast, but also just for writing in general to being to being forced to write off of a prompt like that. <clears throat> and I always have there's I always start with and we can get into this on this one, too, but I always start with a, a general idea of just a genre in a world that I would like, Hey, that'd be fun to write in. Um, but then being forced to like, how do you tie that into whatever random phrase or word or whatever that you pick? It's really a cool exercise, um, for writers to do. And, and I've, you know, we've done this twice now and then we did an anthology together that we both published a short story in. And that was kind of a similar thing that it had to fit into a world. And I had an idea and I had a world and, kind of had to force it in there um and it's it's been really fun and i want to do i want to do more of these kind of things it's a re it's a really fun idea of of because we're both writing from the same world and same word topic at least and our stories are always so different and it's so interesting that's part of the interesting conversation is that our our choices our expectations are so different even though we're drawing from the same uh, idea and that's like what's such a fun idea about this yeah. that's why i want to keep doing it not only does it give me an excuse to to write more but it lets us kind of explore our choices and yeah. everything too and there's a great lesson to learn from there because i i hear this all the time especially from screenwriters who are like oh i had this idea for a movie and then i just saw a trailer for this thing that's just like it or i just read the movie sold and they always said well i should give up now right and i'm always like no write your thing because um, you could take the exact same plot from two different movies and if two different writers are doing them, there'll be completely different stories because it's what you bring to it as a writer and your voice. And at the end of the day, a plot is a dime a dozen. What makes a difference is what you bring to the project as a writer and what your voice is. And that's, that's really going to, uh, is what makes the difference I think for, for successful writers. That's a cool way to look at it. I, I, I definitely appreciate that because I think everybody has their own voice. Yeah. You know, and not even necessarily just in, in stories, obviously in, in music, in film, in writing, in podcasts, like we're in podcasts, it's a, it's a physical voice. Yeah. I don't like my physical <laughs> voice. I'm okay admitting that. Yeah. But I've come to love my uh, middle schoolish sounding voice uh, after listening to a few of these. We should also say you have your own podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it hasn't been um, updated in a while. Actually, a couple. So we do one, Four Friends Fight About Film. So look that one up, especially if you're a film lover. Mm -hmm. um, ton and ton of content. There's a good 200 movies recommendations on there right now. 
Um, I think just over 24 episodes. So it's a ton of stuff on there. Um, find that one. It's me and, and three buddies. Uh, and then I do one that called the Script Blast Screenwriting Podcast. It's about uh, specifically about encouraging uh, the screenwriters on their journey. And well, I'll definitely put all the links in, in the description and the notes. So uh, definitely check out Hudson's stuff. We'll get into the other cool things that he's working on towards the end of this episode. But um, I think we might be at the point where we should reveal what the topic is. So excited. Uh, do you want to or do you want me to take that? that yeah, burden? sure. I'll read it out. Please go for it. Glory hole at the old folks home. You heard that right. Uh, we should shout out. Our good friend, our good mutual friend, uh, Aaron Tuning, for submitting yeah. this uh, amazing topic. This is one of my favorite things about this is um, Colby and I have a mutual friend. We don't have that many mutual friends. And the mutual friend happened to be the one that picked this. But I didn't know that until after we had already written the story. So it was completely blindly chosen. Yes. Uh, and it happened to be uh, good old Air Chew. Good old Aaron Tuning, who, uh, ironically enough, also submitted the first episode's topic as <laughs> really? well, uh, Nanny Poison, uh, which he's just got away with words. What can I say? Um, so we'll give him another shout out. Definitely go follow Aaron. He's, yeah. he's one of the funnest people we know. Uh, yeah. Fantastic follow. Is he going to be on? Uh, I'm going to get him on eventually him for on, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he's open to it. Yeah. Um, but but yes, glory hole at the old folks home. Yeah. What before we get into the read? Why? Why that one? Aside from the obvious, yeah, <laughs> that it is like just so, so unique. Yeah, so this one, um, this one to me uh, would probably be the last one on the list that I would choose normally. But I wanted to challenge myself, and I wanted I wanted something that was so specific that you couldn't <laughs> write around it. Um, and my initial idea for this, um, this still isn't spoilers of the actual story, but my initial idea, I'd always wanted to write a superhero story inside of a. Um, what do you actually call them? Old folks home is kind of a derogatory retirement term. home. Retirement home. Yeah. Um, and so I had a whole idea for that. I was like, I'll just do that. And then the more I sat on, I was like, I can't do that. I'm going to have to do something <laughs> different. And so not to get into it, but I, I changed it after that. But I went with that initially because I was like, I've got this um, idea, this, like I said, it's a world and it's kind of a genre. And so I knew I wanted to do this superhero in an old folks home and um it ended up not being that but that's that's how i decided on it and then i decided to let that go and actually have fun with it i love that um i have been looking forward to hearing this story for months yeah i think you've we've picked, been sitting on it for a minute yeah you picked the topic a while back and so we've had uh, lots of chances to to edit to go back redo but mostly i've just been looking forward to it and <laughs> very much anticipating it uh, as well so uh would you like to read first or would you like me to read first yeah, I'll, I can read first. All right. Um, <laughs> does this one, does this story have a top, uh, not a topic, does this story have a title? No, I just went with the the same um, title, the prompt title. For sure. So. There's no expectation. I just yep. always like to ask to see yeah. if, you, if you had something no, specifically. It so. is called uh, Good Old Fashioned Glory Hole of the Old Fix Home. <laughs> All right. I have to, I'm going to have to like step away from the mic for a little bit as you read. So not, not that I know what kind of story this is going to be. Yeah. But based on the first line that I did read just for a second. I might laugh. So, take it away, Hudson. Glory hole at the old folks' home. The first time I saw Bernard's penis, he was 88 years old, but it was only 18. First off, I don't want you to think I'm some sort of floozy, but it had been a good 20 years since my beloved Harold died, and even at my age, a woman has needs. It's what Harold would have wanted, for me to be happy even if that happiness means getting plowed by fellow 80-year-olds after bingo. 
I'll never find another love like Harold, but I can find a good time. Luckily, good times are around every corner at Shady Towers Senior Living Center. If something ever happened to Bernard, God forbid, there's always Roger, Hubert, Everett, Francis, Clyde, Jean, Virgil, Lowell, Wilbur, Salvatore, or Mildred. She has a fondness for the ladies. And that's just the first floor. But on this day, it was Bernard. He's in surprisingly good shape for 88. He's no Dick Van Dyke, but who is? Well, I take that back. He does have one part of him that's in better shape than Van Dyke. His dick. Pardon my French. No wrinkles, no growths, no liver spots, no gray hairs, just a pure, thick, blood-pumping hard-on, standing at attention like, oh, what's his name from an officer and a gentleman? Richard something. The first time we dipped into the third-floor staff bathroom, it was just to find a private place for a little hanky-panky. Imagine our surprise when we found a three-inch hole in the divider between the stalls. The towers are shady indeed. First, it was Bernard's penis through the hole. We've covered that in enough detail, I think. Then, my hand. The second it passed through, decades of arthritis, gone. Even I was turned on by the tight, moist, milky skin and flawless nails. But when I pulled it back through, it reverted back to Wicked Witch of the West Hands. A three-inch portal that shaves decades off of your age? Look, I don't know if it's magic or science or angels or aliens. I'm not going to question it. The less I thought about the why, the better. I was focused on the what. And that first week, there was a lot of what. I was addicted. More than just the temporary physical change, it was invigorating. Every time something passed through the hole, we found a newfound sexual energy. A carnal appetite that couldn't be satisfied. So it's no surprise that Bernard began inviting other women. Then, of course, they started inviting other men, or in Mildred's case, other women. And it wasn't long before word had spread to the entire building. The three-inch portal began to widen as tenants became more and more risky and risque. Four inches allowed for a mouth, five inches a boob. I don't want to know what six inches was for, but soon you could fit a whole head through. Then everything changed. One morning, I was enjoying a bowl of overnight oats when in walks the most beautiful 18-year-old man I'd ever seen in my life. Thick, lush, brown hair, flawless olive skin, muscles I didn't know existed. It was Bernard. And then, like a gun went off, a split second of confusion, followed by a stampede to the third floor staff bathroom. Pandemonium. I ran for the elevator, but it was already overloaded, setting off an alarm, geriatric passengers pushing and shoving to make room, to the stairs. Mildred took a nasty tumble and I found myself skipping over her on the way to the stairwell, every woman for herself. Clyde and Virgil, bound to wheelchairs, were blocking the door in what can only be described as a slap fight. I sent Virgil's wheelchair flying into the wall, repercussions be damned. Tossing the stairwell door wide, I took the stairs two at a time. Even I was impressed at my stamina, like a mom whose kid was caught under a car. I was going to feel it in the morning, but there was no stopping me. Finally, I flung the door open to the third floor hallway to find it already filled with 18-year-olds ripping each other's clothes off, full-on orgies, doing things Harold and I never even talked about, much less tried. Not even on his birthday, not even on our trip to New Orleans when we had too much to drink with the Fosters. I pushed past them, eyes closed to avoid the young exposed flesh, ducked into the staff bathroom and locked the door behind me. There it was. The hole, now chipped away, large enough for a human to pass through. If I walked through, I'd be changed permanently to be 18 again, a new beginning. 
a banging on the door behind me, yelling, screaming, a zombie horde desperate to get in. I stepped up to the portal and passed a leg through. Pulling up my dress, I took it in. It was beautiful, remembering the woman I once was, remembering the body I once had, remember the energy that once ran through these veins, remembering Harold. Harold, who I first met back when my leg looked just like this, his hands running their length while he drove us around in his little convertible. Harold, who could always be counted on to have a cow lick in his hair and a kindness in his heart, who filled up my car with gas every Sunday for 40 years. Harold, who stuck by my side through better and worse, richer and poor, in sickness and in health, through the cancer, through the loss of our baby boy. Harold, who passed away peacefully in my arms almost 20 years ago. God, has it been that long? It feels like yesterday. Sometimes I still smell him. A whiff around the corner and my heart lights up, beating like the first time I ever laid eyes on him. Harold, who I don't want to spend another second away from, much less decades. I pulled my leg back through the hole, revealing the woman I had become, wrinkled and damaged from 80 years of life and love. I turned and looked at myself in the mirror. I never looked so beautiful. I walked back to the door and unlocked it with a click. Harold, I'm coming for you. Thank you, Hudson. Are you crying? I, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, man. That was your story. Yeah. Dude, I love that. <laughs> I loved so Thank much you. of that. I... The first line, yeah, amazing. <laughs> the last line, amazing. And that's like such a hard thing to do, especially with a story this short. Yeah. I have so many questions. Yeah. Hit me. How did you land on on this particular kind of sci-fi idea? Yeah. Again, actually, ironically, now that you did, you did our, our, our last uh, kind of write together was a sci-fi kind yeah, of story. Yeah, I don't know if I can ever write anything that's not genre. It's just what naturally comes out of me in sure. some way. Um, and so this was, like I mentioned, I had wanted to do a superhero thing. I was like, oh, it'd be funny if a superhero was called Glory Hole. And then that, that <laughs> definition changed over the years. So that was my... Uh, that was my initial idea. Glory hole man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then um, but then I started going down this road of, um, I mean, essentially it's Cocoon, you know? I don't know if you've seen Cocoon. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's this story of like, you know, and I'm getting older. I mean, 44 isn't, you know, 80. I'm a long way from an old folks home, but my, my mom's getting older. And um, I just think about aging a lot. And um, I think that's where this kind of naturally came out of. Um, so it started with this idea of... Um, just what if this, you know, glory hole was a magical um, thing that took your years off, much like, you know, the uh, cocoons and cocoon did. Um, and it started with that. And then um, and I knew I wanted this older lady to be uh, the narrator. Um, and I didn't know where it was going to end up. I didn't know what the ending was going to be um, until I got there. Um and there was just all this love for for Harold all throughout, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's what it has to be." It's like a, it's like a perfect circle, yeah. Of like you start with Harold, and then you go through all this craziness, like yeah. true craziness, and and then it ends with on like a really sweet note. 
Yeah, which yeah, is really I, nice. Yeah, I actually felt a little teary uh, reading it myself. So it was, uh, and and I I just love stories that do that. I love stories that um, you start one place and you end up another, and you kind of feel the whole range of emotions. And you know, there's comedy and there's excitement, and hopefully there's some emotion in there. Um, and uh, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully it works in that way. I think there's a little bit of all of that in here. Of course, it ends with like really good emotion yeah but then um i want to i want to find the line towards towards the beginning when you're reading off all the names <laughs> roger hubert everett francis clyde gene virgil lowell wilbur salvatore or mildred <laughs> like that is so good did you just look up old people names i did and we're um, like these are the good ones these are the ones i yeah, like yeah <laughs> i'm glad you brought it up because that's that's my favorite part of the whole thing is I have a real fondness for names. I think names are hilarious. Same. Like I can hear somebody's name and just start laughing um, if it fits like a certain mold, you know? Um, so I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, with, with naming characters, I'll do this a lot. I look at their age and then go back to whatever random year of birth that would be and then see what the top names are. So that's what I did for this one with the top 100 and just pulled. That's a cool way to do that. Of, yeah. I, yeah. I like, I try to do something similar to that where it's like if I know they're older, I'll try to pull from that era, but... Normally, I just try to come up with something unique, and, yeah, and but not like too unique. It's a names are a fine line in stories for sure, and just being able to say like twelve names in a row and so have fun. it each one you say get funnier and funnier and funnier <laughs> yeah. is like such a well played joke. Like I, I think that's so funny. If I could have kept that going for a good half page, I would have. <laughs> we do have limits on sports stories. It was, it was the right length, but, but it's, I would it's love the to perfect keep it going. length. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's so good. Yeah, it's funny about names. Um, when you're writing screenplays and making movies, um, what you'll find is actors take it really seriously. So they'll be like, "Why'd you name the character that?" And like, I just googled it. I don't know. It's just an interesting name. I don't know. Um, but it's amazing. Um what actors can read into and it's kind of the magic of storytelling anyways how you can take one thing kind of like what we're talking about and read so many things into it and so it's the same thing with with names and i and sometimes i'll dig a little deeper and sometimes i'll have a uh, a meaning behind it and then i don't remember why i had a meaning behind it but most of the time it's just a gut feeling of what feels right w with names and so yeah obviously this was awesome because we get to do old people's names you know and they're all interesting <laughs> yeah your your protagonist your narrator doesn't have yeah. a name yeah did, did, just, did you have one prepared for no that wasn't intentional um i was just thinking i was like did you have a name um so i guess not i love the first person yeah like format i think i think especially with this podcast i'm excited to like switch around and, and do different ones i know uh one that i wrote recently uh that i'm recording with a future guest i won't spoil that yet um is in the first person and it's it's such cool. a different uh like vibe that you're yeah. that you're writing with uh, i i love it it feels a little bit like a cheat to me like oh it's not that hard to write um you know first person uh it's just it's like a journal you know um and writing dialogue and stuff is the challenging like how to keep that flow going so i there was a minute where i was like do do i want to do this but it just if it, it fit what i was trying to do and now that you mentioned uh dialogue and now that i'm looking at it there's no actual dialogue in right that. yeah that's is that was that a specific choice no it just flowed that way P part of it too was length and sure because you were like a thousand words and i was like all right i'm gonna nail a thousand words 
Um, and, and, and just, just for not having room for it. It's okay. You can go over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just that's a that's a general guideline. If you give me a rule, I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm, I think I might have gone like ten over. I definitely went over. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but I I love. But that, I mean, that's the other thing about writing is I love limitations. So I love that there was a prompt. I love that there was a number of words. And so I was like, yes, limitations to me really push creativity. Um, so that's where no dialogue came out of as well. I think, and especially for you coming from screenplays, you know, where it's so much dialogue yeah and so you've do you do you tend to enjoy when you're writing whether it's whether it's for a screen or just short stories or prose do you tend to prefer descriptions more or dialogue more i'm always curious that's funny i I think it's changed over the years it used to be dialogue because that's the fun stuff but um now i see um i think what happened was i used to look at screenwriting specifically as um the focus on the dialogue and then it felt like stage direction had to be boring and safe um, to fit in like some rules or whatever. And the more I do it, they realize, Oh, that's totally not true. It's like the more voice you put in the stage direction, the more it's going to pop off the page of the whole story. Um, so I've learned to love that more. Um, and yeah, when writing, writing pro stuff like this, I think, um, I mean, narration is just fun. Like I, I, I like that a lot more. It's a little less hard work than dialogue as well. Cause with dialogue, you gotta make sure everybody sounds unique and they're their own person that you're progressing own. the story right and all yeah, that yeah. stuff too and i think i think with with your story especially with the glory hole story like y- you can see e- even though there's no dialogue you're still throwing in your voice like there's yeah. there's like wordplay in there yeah um i'm trying to find the one oh the dick van dyke <laughs> which is like just an easy joke yeah but it's funny like it's so yeah. it's so simple but it works and like stuff like that like Especially towards the beginning of your story, where it's still in the in the like, what am I reading phase? Right. And you're like, this is this is off the wall. This is yeah. this is really interesting, and you're you're able to throw in like wordplay in there just yeah. to make it a little bit more like exciting. Yeah, I had a Dick Van Dyke joke in a screenplay that I pulled out. So this was a little bit of reusing it, but it reused it in a very different way. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a, that was a fun little gag. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking like an element from one story and then like oh, kind of sure. recycling it. I I've mean, heard, yeah, I've heard other writers say they don't do it. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way that that's in your brain and you don't feel the need to get it out somewhere. Even if it's a story that like you never wrote or published or showed anybody, you probably have an element of that that you're like, okay, I'm gonna put it into something that I'm actually gonna try to publish right. now because you yeah. have the freedom. And so like, yeah. I think that's just a normal thing as a storyteller. For sure. I wonder with with music how often like that that kind of stuff happens. Probably all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, which is yeah. its own form of storytelling. Yeah, so when I was doing um, songwriting, yeah, it would happen quite often. So I was like, oh, I'm working on this song, and I'm working on this song, and then I would put them together and be like, oh, that's what it needed to be, you know. Um, I remember, oh, Indiana Jones, the theme song. John Williams sent two different songs to Steven Spielberg and said, Hey, what do you think about these two? So one was dun 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 dun, and then the other one was. Um, and he's like oh put them together and so that became the indiana jones theme song and it's perfect yeah, and they go perfectly together yeah that's interesting yeah i love a good fun yeah. fact yeah thank you for that you're welcome are do you how do you feel about the story i'm always curious I, I will always ask that of every guest and there's no right answer there's no yeah. wrong answer what i love this story i'm very proud of it what i didn't like was re- reading it out loud. I, I wish I had done a test run before you got here and, and also reading it out loud, not just to practice myself, but also to catch things. So there were certain things like, Oh, that flows weird. Um, and it, it is a thing I do with my screenplays where I'll read them out loud, um, in kind of a final pass. And so it never really got here with this one. 
but um i wish i yeah would i wish i would have like caught just some flow things um and like just energy levels like i pay a lot of attention to um how a story progresses and does it have hills and valleys and so i probably would have tweaked some things based on that just feeling the energy of it um but it's all subjective it's all just like what does it feel like and you're you're you are your own worst critic yeah as well so there's definitely an element of that but um but i love uh but i think it's fun i think it's a fun like you know gaggy little short thing i think i'm most proud of just the emotion that kind of pops up at the end there which you know, I feel like it's a little accidental, but it's it's what I love about stories, and, and I'm glad that came through. What's nice is, unless you tell them, nobody knows it's accidental. Right. <laughs> they just yeah. assume it's on purpose, <laughs> which is such a fun thing about writing. Like you, uh, yeah. like you saying that you didn't know that that's how it's, how it's, it was going to end, even though when you read it just normally, it feels so like a natural progression and a natural yeah. circle. But you telling me that yeah, I didn't I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. is hopefully encouraging for anybody that oh, you don't necessarily know I need to know how something is going to end yeah and it'll work itself out sometimes 90 and this is the magic of storytelling 90 percent of the time um I have no idea what I'm doing and it and it falls into place and um the key is to not let it lie as a first draft because that's where you that's going to be the messiness of it the key is to um find the magic in it so nobody's going to write a magical first draft, but if you, with all those, you know, cool setups and payoffs and stuff, but if you go back and you put the work in, you find those things, it's like mining for gold, you know? Um, and then putting a magnifying glass on them or, or connecting them in certain ways. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like anybody that says, Oh, I was intentional with all this is, is full of shit. Like it's, it's all just magic. It's all just finding the, the stuff afterwards. Yeah. It's sticking with it. Yeah. Like I think, I think there's a lot to that and there's a lot to like moving on to a different idea. Like if, if one just doesn't vibe with you, it's okay to move on to something else, but it's also okay to, like you said, mine that, I, that for ideas, maybe, oh, for sure. maybe even find an element of, of something that you really like in that story. You want to pop it into another story, yeah. you know? There's always something of value in just trying yeah. and like getting some writing out there. I was just reading too, uh, there was some study, I'm going to botch all the details of this, but they, they had two groups of people. One was, um, you're going to try to accomplish as many of these uh, creative tasks as possible in your allotted time. The second group, they said, you're going to spend only creating one um, creative task, but you're going to put all your time in and make it as perfect as possible. And they got to the end of it and the people who did the quantity over quality, their quality was higher than the one who spent all the time on it. And they said the reason for that is, is uh, with quantity, you are trying, you're experimenting, you're failing, you're learning, you're growing. If you're just making one piece of thing perfect, you don't have those experiences, which I love that illustration because it's and it's a true story but it um really um explains what the writing journey is like and how painful some of those like oh i did this and this and this but it all comes together to make something great it all teaches you something yeah and i love that i think it's that's a very cool perspective that also feels like satisfying yeah <laughs> like, like like there's science to back up how we feel <laughs> right. as storytellers yeah um because yeah i agree and i think that's Honestly, like the idea of that scientific study is exactly why I did s'more stories and why I started s'more stories because I, I always want something to be working on that forces me to, yeah. to work on something. And, and these s'more stories are small enough to where I can work on like three or four at the same time. You know, yeah. if I'm if I'm planning out an episode like a month from now, I can always be brainstorming ideas for this one weird topic and I'll always have something to work on. And so they're small. Sure. 
but they all add up to something. And and like we've learned with Hudson, you can do stuff with those stories. And yeah. so I think that's 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 really exciting, and I'm, it feels validating to hear like, hey, science is on our side. For sure, and that's just how you get better. Quantity leads to quality. Exactly. There's that all that dumb bullshit about like ten thousand hours, all that stuff, but it is actually like not not total bullshit. Right. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're as long as you're growing, so I think there's a caveat to ten thousand hours, which it has to yeah. be ten thousand hours of intentional practice, which is, you know, you are actually learning from those mistakes. I think some people do the quantity, but they're not learning from what they've done before, and they just keep putting the same. They're crap just doing out. it to yeah. do it, right? Yeah. yeah, which which is not what we want to do here on this podcast. <laughs> um, if it gets to that point, let me know. Yes, because <laughs> I don't want to be that person. All right, you ready to to hear my uh, my, my glory I'm hole so story? Excited about this. Uh, all right. I do. I did actually have a title for mine. Yeah. Um, because I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, my story is called Glory, Glory, Hallelujah. Great. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take it away. Cool. Here's Surprised that. you didn't go with Glory, Glory, Hallelujah. I didn't want to be too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that feel, felt too, too obvious. Agnes pondered this feeling as her legs slowly carried her through the hall of the everlasting life retirement home. Was it shame certainly possible given how she'd been raised but that was ages ago had she not learned to think for herself at this point agnes didn't feel 77 years old regardless of what the vague never-ending pain in her feet seemed to tell her what she'd just done in that restricted area god help her was simultaneously the scariest and most thrilling act she could think of and her paranoia was running rampant the hallway was empty surprising given that it was the middle of a bright spring afternoon with light shining through the windows the place should have been crawling with fellow geriatrics mulling about, just trying to fill their days. But the fact that Agnes didn't even see a nurse really threw her for a loop. They know, she thought to herself. They know what I just did, and they're going to kick me out of here. And then I'm going to hell. Shame was a powerful emotion, one that had been weaponized against her for decades. But Agnes wondered why she now felt so... exhilarated. Any other day, that flighty, almost intoxicated feeling would have made her question her blood sugar, as any good diabetic would suspect, type 2 or otherwise. No, she was confident it wasn't her blood sugar. That wouldn't do as an excuse anyway. Agnes knew better. Moreover, the nurses knew better. Her legs were wobbly, and the hallway may as well have melted away, along with her entire body, like an ocean of, no, no, no. She mustn't let herself think those thoughts, those sinful thoughts. She could hear her mother's voice in the back of her head. Oh, Agnes, our Lord and Savior would be so disappointed in you, watching you commit that, that vile act. Agnes pushed the voice away, back into the locked room she kept in her mind, the one she only brought out for her most intrusive of thoughts. The voice of Agnes's departed mother could wait. Pure excitement and adrenaline now roared through her veins, explaining the trouble catching her breath. Either that or she was having a heart attack. Agnes felt free, wild and free in the prison that was the Everlasting Life Retirement Home. And to think it all began with a simple yet alluring message she'd found scrawled on the rec room bathroom stall last week. Looking for some fun, it read. Head to the accessibility bathroom in the construction area of Complex E next Tuesday afternoon. Don't mind the hole. Hole? What could that even... Agnes had so naively wondered before the light bulb lit up. And that was it. Her overactive bladder brought Agnes back to that same restroom just a handful of minutes later with the message completely gone. Some poor nurse, or intern more likely, must have furiously scrubbed away the message in record time. The original words didn't even have a specific timetable, an annoyingly small detail that frustrated Agnes, who was always punctual. 
and in a restricted area like Complex E, too. It felt wrong, dangerous. But something about that message planted a seed in her brain. Quicker than she would have liked to admit, that tiny seed grew into an uncontrollable rainforest of lust. Why hadn't she told anybody about the message when she first saw it? Surely someone else glimpsed the invitation because it had been cleaned, but it certainly wasn't like Agnes to just let something like that slide. She was historically a rule follower, always more afraid of the consequences than the immediate pleasures. So what changed? Why did she go to the bathroom at Complex E on this fateful Tuesday afternoon? Wasn't she worried about what her friends would think if they found out what she'd just done? The answer, as Agnes now knew, was that she couldn't be bothered to care anymore. With only so much time left, why worry about such trivial things? She'd wasted far too much of her life stressed about others' beliefs. This was the new and improved Agnes. Could she have guessed that this liberated version of herself would participate in a radically kinky act with a complete stranger in a bathroom at their retirement home? No, that was a bit of a surprise, albeit a thrilling one. The anonymity of it all seemed to ease her stress. Nobody had a clue what she'd done, allegedly. Agnes tried not to think about what would happen if a nurse found out. They could be so unpleasant sometimes. Anonymity was nice, but what could they really do to her? Throw her out on the street and risk a lawsuit? Fat chance. All of a sudden, Agnes could put a finger on how she was feeling, right down to the word. She felt powerful. <clears throat> a voice from behind. Agnes knew before she turned that it was Nurse Maxine from the distinct flavor of throat clearing. Miss Agnes, the nurse said, suspiciously eyeing the hallway behind her. Was that Complex E? Ma'am, do you know where you are? Agnes, still feeling abnormally powerful and cunning, decided at that moment to do something that she wouldn't feel proud of later. Oh, Max, bless you, Agnes said, trying to sound as frail as possible. I've been wandering these halls for, for, oh, I don't suppose I know how long. Am I late for bedtime? Dear, dear, the nurse spoke softly while quietly leading Agnes towards her room. I got you, sweetheart. Don't you worry one bit. Agnes kept up the empty-headed act the entire time, and Nurse Maxine was none the wiser. An Oscar-worthy performance. As Maxine locked the door behind her, Agnes exhaled and thanked the Lord above that she didn't have to fake a heart attack. That had been plan B, and she didn't have a plan C. Agnes drew herself a steaming hot bath and poured a big glass of wine and let that powerful feeling sink back into her bones. Was this the new and improved Agnes? At 77, she figured it was never late to invent oneself. Maybe you could teach an old dog some new, surprisingly kinky tricks. Still reeling from her newfound rebellion, Agnes laughed at the thought of a dog doing kinky tricks and sipped her wine. There was just one thing left for her to do after the bathroom incident in Complex E, something she hadn't done for herself in years. Another gulp of wine to ease the tension. Agnes was ready. Glory, glory, hallelujah, indeed. The end. That's awesome. I love that this is, uh, well, I love that you like took it seriously like you're you're dealing with with real uh stuff and fallout and not you know all gaggy i it was not the first story i wrote oh okay <laughs> so i i think this is the fun part about these conversations is that we can really discover our our choices and the whys behind everything and so with with this story uh obviously with a with a topic like glory hole at the old folks home yeah your mind immediately goes to like jokes Right. right. Like, yeah. and that's obvious. Like it has to, that's yeah. such a funny concept. Yeah. And so the first story that I, I started writing was, uh, about a, a, basically like an anchor, like a newscaster who was reading the news on live air and got to this story, uh-huh. a glory hole at the old folks home and couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and like, I thought that was like a funny idea. And as I started writing it, it felt kind of mean. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it felt like I, it just felt kind of mean. I think I could have made That's it funny. Yeah. And, but I think I just was like, I don't really want to tell a mean story yeah. for this. Um, and, and I had recently seen when, when I first started writing it and brainstorming for the, for the idea, I had recently seen a horror movie called X uh, oh, yeah. By Ty West. I haven't seen it, but yeah. No. It's it's a, a an interesting movie for sure. I, I like Ty West a yeah. lot as a storyteller. Um, and this isn't a spoiler, but the, the villains of that story are essentially like sex-crazed old people. Uh-huh. And it was a, a weird choice. Like, I, you don't really see that in, in stories that often, where it's just like talking about old people and sexuality in yeah. general. And so it, it this is not like directly inspired by that at all. It's a horror movie, obviously, but... It, it kind of got me thinking where it was like, what if it wasn't funny? Yeah. Like, what if it, what if it was like liberating, yeah. you know, what if it was something that, you know, is a positive for this one person? Um, and so obviously like I, I got to throw in like a couple little jokes in there right, too. Yeah. Like I think it's, it's impossible not to, Yeah. but, but just from the, the actual like glory hole part, obviously I think I'm much more of a coward than you. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like I was scared to like really dive too deeply into it, but I think, I think that wasn't what I wanted for the story. Like right. I wanted it to be a little bit more grounded. Well, you're the way you navigated that was really classy and, and awesome. Like I felt like you leaned even more into it in a lot of ways because you took it seriously. But then um, like, I was like, Oh my God, are we going to have to like go through the details of this scenario? But you actually, you, you went there without going there. And I thought it was really well um, the way you n- navigated around all that kind of stuff, which was, which was great and ended up being a very, kind of like you said a uh, sweet exploration of of this old lady's um sexuality which like you said it's just something that you don't hear about it's it's a it's a weird topic for yeah. sure and and you know i think i think like i said like your story say the word penis in the first sentence like i think that's amazing <laughs> we set the tone exactly you set the tone right there set the bone. and as i was kind of brainstorming for this for this uh story like i realized and kind of thought to myself that i've never written any kind of sex scene yeah in something and i i was like do i want this story to be my first <laughs> like tr- tr- attempt at it yeah and i think i mentioned this earlier but i think i am a coward also because <laughs> i like didn't really let myself try because i found this story after i had kind of stopped writing my first one about the the news anchor and i was like oh i like this one but then i was like how like I feel like at some point I have to just take the plunge and yeah. and, and try it at least. I don't necessarily want to commit to that on this podcast, but it's it's something that, that pops up in stories. Yeah, all the time for sure. Just sexuality in general, and yeah. so this was even my first swing at even talking about sexuality in a story. Yeah, and so I think I was I was definitely a little bit reticent to dive too deeply into it and get too graphic. Not that like <laughs> I'm scared to read graphic things or take in story like graphic yeah. stories. I mean, cellar dwellers all the stories we talked about had gross sex stuff in it. Like that's just, it's just a part of of story sometimes. But for me as a storyteller, I think I wasn't necessarily ready to like have this story be the first one that I really dive into. Yeah. And even mine was, um, I thought about that because I was like, gosh, this is, this is more public. Like, you know, when I'm hanging out with pals and stuff, make jokes all the time. There are, are, you know, what's the term blue. Um, but, uh, but to put it out there like publicly, especially as a, you know, writer and having a brand and all that kind of stuff, I was like, gosh, am I, am I willing to do this? And, and the older I get, the less I just, the less I care. The less you care, (laughs) but it, but it forces you to also get creative right? and not have it just be like a thousand words of 
graphic descriptions of uh, somebody giving a blowjob <laughs> through a hole in a stall. Right. Like, yes. I don't. I don't want to write that. There's nobody, a bad version of that. For exactly. Sure. Like nobody yeah. wants to hear that. Nobody wants to read that. And so for us as storytellers to feel comfortable with a, a weird topic like this, which I'm so glad you picked. Yeah. Like it's such a an interesting challenge, like you said, because it gives us limitations. It forces us to try to write a story that is interesting, but not like seedy. Yeah. And like dumb. <laughs> and I yeah, think, so I think we both kind of succeeded in that just in very different ways. Yeah. Coming at it from very different uh, vibes, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you um, while you're reading, I thought a lot about just the, the kind of guilt and shame that she feels from this and how much, how much of you do, is in there? Like oh. you know, grew, grew up, we both grew up in the church and that kind of stuff. And I'm just curious how much of this was like putting your mind into, into Agnes or how much of it was your, your own thoughts and feelings in some of this? That's such a good question. Um, a, a lot of me, Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the correct answer is a lot of me. Definitely. Like I'm not a 77 year old woman. So yeah. a lot of the like physical stuff obviously is like just stuff that I was trying to make it feel like her character. But, yeah. but yeah, a lot of like the, the, religious trauma kind of stuff that she's talks about is definitely a part of like kind of how we were raised just in, in a Christian home. And my dad was a pastor, a Baptist pastor for 30 years. And so sexuality wasn't really talked about right. for us as a kid growing up. Like I never had the sex talk growing up. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, now you have an opportunity to bring it up. You guys got this story. Exactly. Thanksgiving exactly. this year. I can't wait to read it out loud for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll yeah. be the, the talk of the town. Um, and so, yeah, like I think when, when writing about that, like I don't think that kind of, religious trauma is specific for any specific age. Like yeah. I think it can be talked about for somebody who's 15. It can be talked about somebody for somebody who's 77, like and everything in between, like yep. everybody can feel that same shame when it comes to, to sex and talking about sex. Yeah. And, and so I think obviously I'm pulling from my own experience there, but I think that's kind of a universal thing too. For sure. And one thing I love about your story is because she's 77, it really shows that there's, it's never too late to kind of try to overcome that programming and uh that so it was really cool to kind of again you, you just you don't read a lot of stories like that which i thought was great and like i said you can teach an old dog some some new <laughs> kinky, kinky tricks, tricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was my favorite line uh, thank you that, that feels yeah. good about that yeah um but yeah I, I think i think just overall like to to kind of tie a bow on on glory hall the old folks home like thank you for picking it i think it's a, a really unique topic that like I said, forces us to to try new things that yeah. we haven't necessarily tried before. Yeah. Um, now, when you ask me for prompts, I'm going to give you like the dirtiest prompts possible for somebody I, to choose in the I future. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> Listen, there's some already yeah. dirty ones in the in the pool of topics currently, <laughs> yeah. so we might as well just just throw more in there. Uh, no, uh, but this, yeah, like you said, it's a great challenge um, to think outside of the box. It, and and I'm hoping that you have some listeners that are like, I want to write a story about glory or the old folks home and see what they come up with. Exactly. Like, I could read these all day. I think I think that would be the idea deal goal of s'more stories is like yeah. i want somebody to feel comfortable telling a story yeah. like follow along with us you know send me a story i want to read your stories yeah. i love i absolutely love reading things i always tell hudson to read me or to send me all the things that he's written and he thankfully will read a lot of things that i've written <laughs> as well which i always appreciate but like it, it reading other people's stories makes me excited yeah and not to say that like you have to be Stephen King or anything. Like I just am inspired by other people writing. Like it makes me very excited for sure. It makes me want to keep doing things yeah. as well. So yeah, like Hudson said, like write a story about glory holes of the old yeah. folks home. Especially think, if you are in an old folks home, that would be 
We'd love to see those. Uh, yeah, just give us the documentary. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> just, I have some links. I'll send. I'll send yeah. Hudson later. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to watch the documentary. <laughs> All right. So that is our stories. Awesome. I, I, I am. I'm so grateful for that. Um, and and before we we kind of jump into kind of the next phase, I, I always want to shout out good stories that we have been consuming because. Yeah. That's if, if anything, if anybody takes anything away from this podcast, it should at least be a good recommendation, yep. right? If you don't like our stories, you're wrong, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, you'll get a good recommendation of a good story that you might like anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, we always try to shout out good stories that are around there. So do you cool. have anything that you've, you've taken in lately that you're, that you're um, very excited about? The thing I'm about? loving right now, I'm a, I'm a longtime fan of David Sedaris, who's a humorist and uh, memoirist, uh, essayist and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've seen him live a couple of times where he does readings and all that kind of stuff. And he's just, my, I think my single favorite voice in writing. Um, and so I haven't uh, consumed his stuff in a while. Um, he hadn't written like a full book in a while. He's been doing like, his diaries that he's been printing and, and, and he did this best of book. So I, I got the best of on audio just to listen to it. He's doing his own audio. Yeah, book, of course. So I was in the uh, car the other day um, and just listening to that. And it just, and I, I also hadn't gone back and listened to stuff that I didn't start with. So I kind of skipped a lot of his fiction stuff uh, and like fiction um, uh, short stories and all that. Uh, in order to get to just his um, memoir stuff, which is what I really love. And so there's a couple of those on this best of book. Um, so listening to those and then getting to rediscover the the stuff I'd read before, it was, it just, it really felt like coming home for me. So if, if listeners have not uh, consumed David Sedaris in any way, I highly, highly recommend. It's just very, very witty, very smart uh, voice. And um, I could, I could listen to him all day. He's completely unique yeah like i don't think i can think of a storyteller that is like david sedaris and i i have not consumed as much stuff i've read a couple books yeah uh, one of the few books that uh, has the word diabetes in it yeah uh, available so <laughs> yeah. always happy to see to see representation <laughs> that way yeah. but i i can imagine an audiobook of his being amazing because he is such a, a performer he's too. an excellent reader and um and because so many of the stories of his are true and he just has lived just an insane life and um like it feels like he's just making stories up i know like yeah. i remember the first time i i like watched a video of him reading out loud or just doing a show somewhere like yeah. i was like is he just improving? like I, I i didn't understand the thing and yeah. now that i've read his, a few of his books like i understand him a little bit more but like i said completely unique yeah yeah so much so that some of the fictions ones you're like wait did this actually happen to him or did he just make it up because uh, they're they're hard to tell apart sometimes i i was gonna say i haven't read any of his fiction yeah. so i'm, I'm yeah. really curious about that they're great they're well. very very clever very funny uh still similar style you know first person kind of um stuff but it's great his voice is just completely unique like yeah. speaking and also yeah, writing yeah. <laughs> like he just yeah. has a super distinct uh storytelling style so yeah a great recommendation cool. i'm i'm super curious about that myself yeah. Um, my recommendation for this week is uh, I've been watching the uh, Bill Hader show on HBO Barry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had watched the first season when it came out. Really, really enjoyed it. I think Bill Hader is uh, an incredible actor, an yeah. incredible storyteller. He's the showrunner uh, for it as well. Um, and ha season two had passed me by. I didn't watch it. Um, and then like a week ago, I watched season two in like three days, oh, yeah. which is, for me is quick now. Like I'm not much of a binge watcher anymore. And 
holy cow, it is good. And so I've caught up. I'm, I'm on season three right now, which is going currently. So it's real time right now. It's real time right now, which I caught up so much faster than I expected. Yeah. Because uh, I just kept watching and it kept flowing. Each episode flows so well into the next. Is it six episode season? I think it's or? maybe eight. eight? Okay. It, it's not super long. Right. Which, so it's not a big commitment, which I yeah. am always a fan of. But um, it's one of those stories that, that really toes the line of like very funny and very dark. Yeah. And season two specifically toes that line perfectly. Yeah. Which I think for me is like the sweet spot where it's like if I'm laughing and then the next scene is like I'm cringing. Yeah. yeah. It's like that's so hard to do. Yeah. Because you're really getting just visceral emotions yeah. out of somebody. He's such a talented dude. Um, And I love listening to interviews with him because he's so smart and he has this like encyclopedic nod, knowledge of, of movies and all that kind of stuff. And, and he's the type of guy that's like so well respected by like other comedians like everybody and filmmakers and everything um i watched the first season uh of barry and i watched part of the second season uh in that like incredible episode that like, the whole thing is like a chase um that's all in one it's yep. been a minute but um absolutely brilliant but it, we got done and my wife was like oh that was like too cringy i don't know if i can watch another one so we we paused it but we need to pick it back up and finish it it's it was surprising how dark it got yeah because the first season has its dark moments but yeah. it's mostly a, a pretty breezy comedy yeah the second season really dives into some darker subjects in a really intense and an interesting way yeah and i didn't expect that and so that was kind of like my hook getting back in was like oh my god like yeah this is this is wild yeah and so i've uh season three has continued that throughout i think i'm like maybe an episode or, or two behind right now but great pick. Um, i need to i need to pick it back up definitely definitely so that's the uh, barry that is if you have not checked out Barry on HBO, um, that is that is my recommendation for this week. And before we go, let's let's talk about the stuff that you're doing yeah. currently because you've got some really cool projects in the works. You have a, a film that you wrote currently on streaming on Hulu, right? Yeah, yeah. This World Alone is on Hulu. It's a uh, post-apocalyptic uh, kind of dramas. You know, a low budget. We shot it in North Georgia mountains. Um, really about three women uh, trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, deals with a lot of like um, parenting stuff, mother daughter story. Um, really proud of it. Uh, that was our first feature, and then we just shot another one um, this past January that is currently being edited. Um, it's called Guacamole Yesterdays. Uh, it's kind of a near future, um, almost like a Black Mirror type of idea um, about a woman who um, goes to a therapist who has this device that lets her relive and tweak her past memories as a way to heal from a broken relationship. And things go off the rails of course um so that's one that we're also really proud of and that'll be coming uh hopefully sometime next year uh to out into the world um other than that um just uh still doing um script blast which is the organization that i do for screenwriters um we have a, a kind of membership group um, where we do weekly zoom calls and um is just generally an encouraging uh place because uh you know kind of like we talked about this is a writing in general is pretty, you know, brutal. You, you write something, you get bad feedback, you put it out into the world, it gets rejected. And, and those stories go on and on and on, no matter how successful you get at it. Um, and so I just, I created a, a place where people could safely talk about some of those ideas and, and find encouragement and find inspiration and, and put in some best mindset practices and putting in, putting in some productivity practices to help people just get the scripts done. So, um, that's, uh, that's at scriptblast.com. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited about, uh, what in a couple of weeks we're heading to heroes con, 
which was a, a le- leftover booth from um, two years ago. We got a booth to, to sell stuff around our movie when we published our anthology, mm-hmm. uh, and we were going to be promoting the movie, and then COVID pushed everything two years. So now, like, the movie's been out for a while, but we still have lots of cool stuff that we're going to be selling, and I haven't really had that experience um, selling our own stories and all that. I think it'll be really, really fun. Can't wait. Uh, it's it's the thing that I'm looking forward to most <laughs> and have In been life. looking forward to. Honest, yeah. uh, honestly, yeah. I, I might not be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so excited about Heroes. Yeah. It's up in Charlotte. Um, if we have any friends up there during the convention, like we'll have a table. Come say hey. I'm I'm hopefully gonna try to get some more more stories guests from yeah. all the talent up there. There's so many awesome. great people that I, I truly love and respect um, their stories up there. And um, and yeah, check out all of Hudson's uh, really cool works out there. He's got a little bit of everything out there. Uh, like we said, uh, This World Alone is on Hulu currently. Um, the anthology that you mentioned is the one that we helped publish together. There's a lot of great stories in there. Yeah. And that is kind of set not in the world of This World Alone, but in the genre. Of, yep. uh, they're all post-apocalyptic stories. Um, yeah, there's a few comics in there. All over the place, yeah. Uh, all over the place genre-wise, but they take place in yeah post-apocalyptic worlds. Um, and it, it, we had such a good time doing that. It was uh, The timing just... Didn't work out, so thanks, COVID. Yeah, we are very grateful for you. But either way, <laughs> we will have the anthology. It'll be at the at the booth at the table where we're at in Heroes, and it's also available on uh, Amazon. It's on so Amazon. I'll, uh, I'll post that link, of course, with everything awesome. else. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're what we're looking forward to next. Um, I, I can't wait to keep this momentum going. This will be, uh, I think, our third official episode. So when nice. it, when it's posted, um, this will be either episode two or three, depending on. My first episode is episode zero, so I guess it was simply episode two. Nice, um, but hopefully the first, uh, the second of many, many, many. As I'm, as I'm going to do this, I have a few in the works right now, um, and so hopefully we'll start getting out there um, yeah. and getting some, some more, some more weird topics <laughs> submitted. Hopefully, I'll, I'll reach out, uh, of course. So, so follow us on Instagram. I think we're at S'more Stories Pod uh, on Instagram, and then I've created an email as well, S'more Stories Podcast at Gmail. Um, so submit something, send me, send me a story that you wrote. I promise you, I will read it. There is there. I, I will not lie to you. I will read everything that is sent to me to my detriment. Probably here's my thousand page novel. (laughs) Don't tempt me. I'm, I'm literally on page 1200 of like a 1250 page (laughs) novel right now that I'm probably going to finish tonight when I get back home. Um, so I'll have some time (laughs) after I finish up with that. Um, but, but uh, any any final thoughts? Any any last th- second things you want to talk about? Plug? Uh, yeah, anything. I'm just excited to uh, to listen to to more episodes and um, and consume just people like you said. I just love hearing people talk about writing. Can't yeah, wait. I think this was a such a fun conversation, and we will have more. Yeah, just did, of us hanging we, out. Did we stick to 15 minutes like we thought we would? Not quite. We're a little bit over. That's fine <laughs> though. That's yeah. that's the beauty of of conversations. Yeah. They can just go, you know? So, so thank you so much Hudson for, for hanging out with me and, and writing a story. And, and I think you should submit the story somewhere. I think it's worth, worth getting published somewhere else. Thank uh, you. I think you have a good chance. Um, but, but I appreciate you, you <laughs> yeah. hanging out with me. What, what, what kind of magazine does this have to be? published? Uh, in? it might be, uh, It'd porn, be like yeah. a porn magazine. <laughs> hey, publishing is publishing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for hanging out with me. I, I, I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll hang out again in North Carolina soon. Sweet. Thanks, Colby. All right, guys.